Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. bought the Superboy S, which is, it's a giant Game Boy that oh. you can, like, yeah, Ooh. and you just put Super Nintendo cartridges in it. This is pretty awesome. Oh, my, oh my God. Goodness. Yeah. It's giant and ugly, but awesome. <laughs> Very professional. Very professional, huh. by the way. How large is the screen? Ah, uh, it's about the size of an SNES cartridge. <laughs> so, wow, yeah, that yeah. is really a large screen. When you Google search Superboy S, you also see some uh, relatively porny images of <laughs> oh, Superman so. as a boy. Oh, my oh, God. Which is so. really Good. weird. Yeah. Or not boy, like young teen. Yeah. Yeah. So... So well, that's you know, Michael, welcome to the internet. Welcome uh, to the internet. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm new here. Um, <laughs> let me just go ahead and, yeah, we'll post it. It seems that like there. there's like a theme to each of our shows, right? If it's like M&M's or. Hey. Anyways. And it's yeah, always it's my fault. Kind of a through Nature's line, if you, if you will. I mean, I'm, I, he, he looks great, but I have never <laughs> actually found a shirt that could do what this shirt is doing for his abs. I'm sending it in our, our chat now. I think it's probably more the training than it is the shirt. Like, I might be wrong about how abs work, but... I just don't... Like, to <laughs> to be able to put on that shirt, it would have to be the size of a sock. And then he puts it on, and then it, you know, fits all of those different areas of his physique. I feel very uncomfortable staring at this super boy. Um, Yet you keep <laughs> on doing it. Yeah, yeah, Micah. <laughs> And describing it to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How uncomfortable are you? Yeah, come on, Micah. Come you on. You said you feel like with every episode, what? With every episode disruption, <laughs> you fall farther from God's light, Micah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Uh, it's true. It's, yes. Uh, I think I Steve is a really bad influence on you. I'm pretty sure Alive. you're like Icarus. You just flew too close to the sun and you're just falling slowly back to Earth. You He's know, being corrupted. The closer to the sun you go, the closer to Superboy you get. So oh. uh, let's move on. Oh, now we know what you're aiming for. <laughs> um, yeah, how's everybody doing this week? <laughs> the Brianna Wu campaign does not associate with this podcast. You know, we just we just showed up here. I have no idea what's going on today. I'm not complicit in any of this. So I just want the voters out there in District 8 to know, I really everything ever done on this podcast I disapprove of. Yeah, I, I, Micah, I just Wait, I just you want know? you to know I'd like to be excluded from this narrative. Yeah, uh, would you? Yeah. Yes, you yes. know, I just came out to have a good time, and I'm honestly feeling so attacked right now. Uh, um, yeah. So aside from uh, Bree denouncing the entirety of, of disruption, garbage. How, how's garbage. everybody doing? We, we are right? recording, right? By the way, just just checking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. I, yes, for I legal am. purposes, so I can deny it with the media I, later, right. yeah. I have to keep a pot like a we, you know, we need to have audio right. evidence of, of Micah's malfeasance. 
Right. Um, I'm right. not sure if malfeasance is the right word there, Ooh, but I really malfeasance. I don't know. I, like I really just wanted to use the word malfeasance. Sake. So it, it's a good word. Just don't foment <laughs> insurrection. Oh, that's a, I, that's one of my why? hobbies though is fomenting insurrection. I have and, a legal question for all of you, and, and maybe you could help me out here. So Definitely, all when, I, when <laughs> I'm elected congresswoman, is it going to be legal for me just to walk into Dave and Buster's and be like, "Just let me play, just give me all the credits yeah. I want"? Like, can I go into a GameStop Ooh. and just pick up any video game that I want? Because I think that's you know that's this See, part of the job. Well, I mean, right? you can commandeer a car for official business, right? So couldn't yeah. you do that with like the yeah. Outrun machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it works like well, that. If you were saying that you you have to try out this game in order to find out if it has the right rating, yeah, yeah, right. you could work. I think you could work something where it would actually mission. be serving the public good. You're testing yeah. the cybersecurity yeah. of the Time Crisis Three machine. That's right. I, I got feel like yeah. it's a punch card, though. You know, like you only get so many each month. The you know <laughs> any any congressperson can only steal so many cars in a month. <laughs> so you could only steal so many games in a month, and it's just like you know the official Congress punch card where you you just can claim anything for official business. I think I'd use mine on like. I don't know, a good cup of coffee. Just walk in like, I need everybody to move out of my way. I need to claim this cup of coffee. As the official Congress punch card lawyer, I can answer all of your questions, but I can only take one at a time. punch card right, lawyer. Right, of course. I'm happy you're taking questions at all. Um, <laughs> you only get five. You just have to give me your punch card. Okay, okay. Well, I wanted to know, like, were you actually taking the coffee from someone else that was drinking coffee? Like, oh, what, yeah. What? Like, that's the only way okay. that, it, yeah, it's, it's like slow-mo, you know, the person's about to put the blue bottle coffee up to their mouth. And then I'm like, no official business. <laughs> and then I just I hold up my punch card. I love that you're grabbing expensive coffee while you're at it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, I'm not going to, like, walk into, uh, do they have Folgers stores? No, but if God, there's a Folgers store. Right. I'm not going to walk into a Folgers <laughs> store and be like, let me have your instant coffee for official business i only get 10 each month also micah i'm pretty sure that if you just go to starbucks and like get a free coffee given to you i think that's breaking fec laws i'm 90 (laughs) percent sure about that so i guess yeah you would know you would know uh so uh, yeah i'm not an actual lawyer i mean (laughs) never mind i'm not gonna go there I almost, I almost made a joke that relates to things happening in, in the world right now, and I don't want to do it. So. Micah Sargent um, is, a, is a Congress punch card lawyer, but he's not your Congress punch card lawyer. <laughs> exactly. That's true. So That's true. if you need a Congress punch card lawyer, uh, just just lo- look it up. Can we please but, just delete this whole episode and start <laughs> over? Because I know this is going to end up in campaign ad. I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be people at the Massachusetts oh Democratic Party. They're going to be listening to this episode. And they're going to be like, oh, this is going to be so this bad. Is- <laughs> this, is, this is not going to work out at all. Bree associates with Congress punch what? card lawyers, which are clearly not a real It'll- thing. It'll be, Bree, what took down your run for office? Georgia Dow. And that disruption. It's a problem. (laughs) Talking to Canadians, that always does it. That's true. That's true. So... Okay, um, you know, we, we all here use a lot of Apple products and think they're pretty cool and think they're, you know, pretty awesome. They're, you know, there have been some problems lately. <laughs> and, um, you know, it has me, it has many people kind of 
looking outside of uh, of the the Apple ecosystem, especially for you know the two VR heads here, um, Georgia and Bree. Obviously, are you, you have to get a device that is not an Apple product in order to run those impressive VR systems. But um, you know, there was a thing very that- affordably, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't listen to Georgia. Yeah. Good God, do not listen to I her. I seem to remember yeah. that. You know, it's, oh no, it won't cost you yeah. that much. Then Brie comes back. She's like, I had to sell a toe. And I did. Aren't you like get... remodeling your entire house around your VR computer? You're just like knock down the entire house, and you're like building around the the VR computer in the middle of it. Actually, we're going to be buying another house just for it. No, wait, that's a lie. That's a joke, right? Please tell me that's a joke. We don't know anymore, Georgia. That's the problem. You make these jokes and we don't know because, you know, then all of a sudden you're selling half your furniture and buying beanbags so that you won't walk into it while you're you're job simulating or whatever the hell you're doing in VR. Yeah, that's not that much of a joke, really. Oh, my Oh no! So you're okay. Okay, you're buying a house that you have looked at to find a room that's perfect for VR, right? You're not like buying another house that you're going to just use for VR. This is my sleeping house, and this is my VR house. Yeah, that's that's, that's, how, right that's on no. Georgia rolls. Right? No. Okay, so it's a house that like is you, you found a room. It will be one of the criteria. Okay. Okay. That's acceptable. That's not okay. as bonkers as I thought you were you were saying. Um, so yeah, you know we're we're, we're kind of stepping outside of uh, outside of it, and the the Microsoft Surface Studio kind of uh, made some headlines back whenever it was first announced, and I mean it had me jaw drop drooling over this system. I mean it was beautiful. The video was incredible, and I still listened to the song from that video. I thought it was so good, um, but. Anantech actually did a review of the Microsoft Surface Studio, and Brie, all accounts say that this system is incredible. Am I right? I mean, it's, it's got some shortcomings, you know, like the, uh, the graphical power of it is pretty mediocre at best. Um, you know, so it's definitely a machine with compromises, and, you know, you wouldn't be able to use it to do ZBrush work the same way you could, like, say, a new Mac Pro. But, I mean, you know, like, if I were running the ad campaign for Microsoft, like, I'd license the song Sex Machine because that's just how... <laughs> That's just how awesome this machine is. I mean, it's really like every part of it got just a glowing review, like everything from the, you know, the the lack of like clutter uh, around it, you know, the the keyboard accessories, you know, the mm-hmm. Microsoft jog dial, you know, the pencil, uh, every part of it seems to be really, really well thought out. And I'm just going to be really straight with you all. I'm, I'm probably, I'm definitely going to go to the Microsoft store when I come back next Thursday and it's entirely possible we could leave with one. So, oh, you know, because so Apple, Apple just won't put out a, a decent computer and I love Apple stuff, but it is impossible to justify that new MacBook Pro. It just is. The graphic power yeah. is mediocre. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think touch bar is that innovative. Uh, USB-C, I love it on my devices that have it, but I sure use a lot of stuff that has USB traditional ports in the meantime. And the power is just not there. It's not a pro machine. And, you know, that's that's how I feel. 
Yeah, I've heard so many complaints about bugginess with it, too. I mean, uh, you know, from people that I've actually, like, I sat next to someone at CES who I work with and watched him, like, r- show me some of the things that ended up being buggy with it. And, you know, whenever you're seeing it crop up online, too, that's that's not not great. Um, so, yeah, this, this system certainly, you know, it, it's got laptop specs. And so that's, you know, that's something that you need to keep in mind if you are going to be looking into this system. But as someone who does graphic design work, who does stuff in Photoshop, who does stuff, uh, you know, video editing and, uh, you know, 2D animation and things like that, uh, this this thing is so incredible. And it goes from, you know, being an upright computer as a monitor that, you know, is akin to the iMac that exists right now to an an actual like, drawing tablet, a, a Surface tablet, and it's got this really neat uh, dial that comes with it, where you can you know blend colors and change different tools, and it's got the little stylus, and it just it is. I don't know. I, I I see the system and it's just so jaw dropping and it, it's so innovative. And I can remember back when Microsoft was like, you know, I thought of it as like this stuffy, boring thing, but it's really lately their hardware is just really awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the thing that Microsoft's been doing that has been helping them is they've been taking control of the hardware. I mean, the software has really gotten better. Like Windows got a bad rap because a lot of people who are Apple enthusiasts have only haven't used it since like the Windows 98 or the Windows XP days. And and I mean, I'm on Vista. Windows 7 with my work with or Vista. Well, Vista is, you know, <laughs> yeah, Vista is probably the, the punching bag of, of Windows. But I mean, 7 really did. It's not a great operating system. It's not Mac OS, but it's not terrible. Like I use it at work all day. It's fine. I've I haven't gotten to use Windows 10 because they haven't upgraded us. But it's you know from what everyone that uses it seems to be pretty happy with it. And Microsoft's really doing something where they haven't had to think about how to win people back in a long time, and that's making them think outside the box in the way that Apple used to. And I mean, them taking a a desktop and turning it into something that could double as like a drafting tablet is really, you know, thinking about who's going to be using that computer and how they want to use it. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that a touchscreen piece, a touchscreen laptop is necessarily the best way to go, but having something that could be a a drafting tablet is really an interesting way to think about the computer in and something that Apple's just not doing. I mean, the touch bar is their big innovation and that hasn't really, nothing's changed in the form factor since like the unibody MacBook. You know what I mean? And and it's they're not and and they're certainly not keeping their specs up to date. Like we're we're looking at looking through the graphics uh performance, like are you going to be like playing Overwatch competitively on the thing? No, you're not. But it can run a lot of games at, at decent settings, which is more than I can say for my two year old MacBook Pro right now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. when you're spending three thousand thirty five hundred dollars on a computer, it should at least be able to play some popular games. Yeah, you should be able to play basic games on it. Yeah. You should be able to play Final Fantasy XIV, uh, RBO. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for that not to be uh, playable on a $3,000 MacBook. Yeah. And it's just, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I it's it's something we think about a lot in the Apple press about not, you know, falling into the, oh, Apple is doomed nonsense because they, they put out the best phones in the world. But, well, on Mac OS, what are the creative apps that you can get these days? 
And, you know, it's really an increasingly short list. Uh, you know, for all of Apple's talk about metal, uh, Final Cut Pro, yeah, yeah, they keep that current, but like Motion has not been updated in forever with the metal APIs, neither has Compressor. Uh, Soundtrack Pro has been completely deprecated, so you know, you've got to go with Logic if you want to edit sound, which is a very cumbersome program. And you know, programs like Maya just don't run as well on a Mac as they do on Windows. So, you know, as a creative user, it's really hard to keep looking at a Mac ecosystem and feel like it's the best place for your dollars to go. What, what, what you do you add? think, Georgia? Because you haven't got you haven't gotten to get a word in edgewise yet. So no, I I I think that it's I think it's beautiful. I think that it's a really <clears throat> it's a really um, Apple like product. It's, it's you know it's it's true. It's and I say it as a compliment. I love the hinge. I think that that's it makes it and the it's it's absolutely stunning. I think that this seems like a product that I think that Apple should make, and they were beaten to the punch, and they put out. Um, the pro that for me is just not something that I want. And I actually don't use a tablet. I use, um, you know, pretty much my phone now and my laptop, but I look at this and I see the display and I see the hinge It does bother me that it does not go straight flat and that the dial slowly will slide down your screen. I think they need to work on that a little bit. Um, but that being said, it's, it's really, you know, really stunning and, and innovative and beautiful. And I think that yeah, I th- I'm I'm with you, Brie, on the Touch Bar. I'm just, nah. it's it's more faddish versus I would have loved to have a touch screen on my uh, laptop. That would have been something that I would have jumped for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even the same form factor with like significantly improved internals. Like that would yeah. have been that would have been good enough. Like I don't think anybody was asking for the touch bar. Like oh well, this is this is interesting and I'll take it. But I don't think that's anything that anyone was really asking for. What a lot right. of people were asking for was just give it a real graphics card, give it a give it more CPU, get let it go beyond mm-hmm. sixteen gigs of RAM, and. That's something that it just you can't you can't get it like it's that's the problem is that because they're the only because Apple's the only vendor, they're the only choice. And if you want to use Mac OS, but you need, you know, different system specs than what they're offering, then you're stuck or you do try to make a Hackintosh and, you know, best of luck to you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, it, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Like I've been putting videos up of Hearthstone on my YouTube channel and it's like, I can't even get a decent like resolution or a decent frame rate on my two, you know, year and a half old to- next to top of the line Mac. It's, it's embarrassing almost. Yeah. That's the OpenGL performance penalty. I bet too, because that game is coded in unity. Yeah. And I know for a fact it uses OpenGL frameworks. So, you know, and that's just a fact that you're getting a 20% performance penalty on Mac, anywhere from 15 to 25% sometimes. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's, uh, we want Apple to win. We want them to do well. But, you know, even, um, you know, the thing that really used to lock you into the Apple ecosystem would be when you bought your professional apps, your Adobe apps, you had to decide either, am I going to have my license on Windows or am I going to have it on Mac? And you you could transfer it over for like a $200 fee, but like eventually you had a lot of money tied up in those licenses. Well, now it's in Creative Cloud. 
And, you know, if I'm paying Adobe for that money for Photoshop and all the rest of their apps, you know, it's cross-compatible. So it doesn't really matter. So, you know, there's no reason I can't have, you know, a 12-inch cute MacBook to carry to do email with and then go with the Microsoft Surface professional machine for real work. So, you know, if Apple wants to you know, keep this title of being the creative company, They've really got to get their ducks in a row because I think they're really floundering. Yeah. And the fact that we're even having this conversation is a problem because, like, once you're out of that locked in ecosystem, then a lot of the other stuff stops being as attractive. Like, iCloud is no longer really a good solution for you because a lot of the iCloud functionality doesn't work on Windows. So once you start moving over to Windows, now you're not locked into iCloud. Now you're already looking at other things. Now maybe you're not maybe now you're not tied to an iPhone for your, when when your when your cell contract is up. Maybe you st- maybe you you say I don't care about security and and decide to get an Android phone. Um like that's security is really the only reason that I haven't even looked at Android because I don't I, I do still trust Apple on security, but that's more for my phone than anything else, yeah. you know, but but the more that people start looking outside the ecosystem for a computer, I, I and I guess maybe their bet is just that most people are just an iPad is enough for them and they don't really need a, a laptop. But the people who do are going to start looking out elsewhere. And those are the people who generally other people who are less tech savvy are going to go to when they yep. say when it's the next time that they need mm-hmm. to go upgrade their phone and say, well, what should I get? Should I get the next iPhone or should I look at Android? If they've moved to Android, they're going to say something different than just, oh, just get the new iPhone. You'll be fine. That's where the real risk is. So, I mean, Apple probably doesn't make a whole lot of money directly on the Mac platform anymore. But it's it's kind of the keystone that's keeping a lot of the rest of the ecosystem together. And they're letting that slide and not presenting a whole lot of confidence that they have a clear direction for it going forward when when Microsoft is doing some really interesting things on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Microsoft has been sticking out in my mind ever since they first, you know, started teasing the HoloLens. I, that's whenever I was like, okay, I, you know, made a little uh, footnote, I guess, or earmark in my head that I needed to be paying attention to them. And have since, since that point, you know, continued to be exciting. And it was interesting. I can remember uh, a colleague of mine asking me for a recommendation on a computer to get. And, uh, you know, kind of laid down some different ideas and was talking about being creative and wanting to be able to draw. And I found myself recommending um, one of the, and I can't think of what it's called right now. I think it's Surface Book. Um, and the, yeah, it comes with the stylus and everything. And it was, I kind of like looked at myself uh, <laughs> internally. <laughs> what? You're really? You're really recomm- yes, you are. And I mean, it's, it's worth recommending. And, yeah. you know, I, you want to be able to be super excited about what Apple is making. But then I also think about the applications that I use on a daily basis, the things that I do to get work done and also to get, you know, creative uh, projects done. And the only thing that is quote unquote holding me to the Apple ecosystem is that I do use Final Cut Pro uh, on the regular. But the fact is I learned on Premiere, so it'd be super easy to switch. Everything else is platform agnostic. And if there's nothing holding you to the platform, especially the fact that when when I think about, you know, because one of the things that they say about, you know, being part in the Apple ecosystem is that everything works so well together. But when I think about what happens on my Mac that works so well with my other devices, I really don't use that much stuff. AirDrop only 
work sometimes. There's no uh, HomeKit compatibility with the uh, with, with Siri on the Mac. All of these other things, you know, I don't really use those tie-ins. I use Dropbox to sync. And yeah. so, yeah, there's – I mean, I, I like the, the Mac that I have because I haven't upgraded to the latest and the greatest. But there's nothing stopping me other than, you know, having that extra money in my account, I guess, from going out and getting one of these because mm. it really stands out. When I look at a MacBook Pro on, on the right and I look at this device on the left or even an iMac on the right and this device on the left, this thing just screams, Micah, buy me. <laughs> I, it's exciting. Yeah. And Apple's stuff as of late, at least when it comes to their computing, does not excite me. And yeah, I do think that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Just one last thing on this before I move on. But, you know, to me, Apple is losing so many really easy battles. So the mm. reason I buy the Apple Airport Express and Time Capsule isn't because I'm not smart enough to set up my own router. I am. It's because that's a huge vulnerability point in my network, right? And I am a huge target for cyber attacks. And it's just like they let that line go and they let that line go and the development costs can't be that much. And they're just giving up that ground for no reason whatsoever. And Apple should want to be the company that gives you something for every single step of the way. Because like a, a, a router, that's you need that. Everyone has one of those in their home. And there's no reason to not lock that down with security. So I want to see an Apple that is as hungry as Microsoft. And just one more thing I'm going to add to this. Yeah. When I talk to my other women engineer friends, legitimately, like outside the Xbox division, which I hear is a horror show, I hear great stuff about Microsoft as far as being a place to work with family situations and promotion. And, you know, I hear horror stories from that company like I do every other. But generally speaking, the women I know that work there feel supported in a way I personally don't hear at Apple. And, you know, I was just talking to my friend Melanie at Mike today, and she did that that really hard-hitting story about the, 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 the stories coming out of Apple of, like, women that have lights shut off for them in Apple when they're doing work at dark and, like, managers not giving a frack. And, you know, like, I hear stories like that all the time that don't make it to the press. So I just, God, I really hope listeners aren't hearing this and feel like we're all being Apple is doomed, but they are, there's something wrong. Yeah. There's something really wrong yeah. and they need to take an honest look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm thinking back to like when the Apple TV came out and I bought an Xbox one instead as my media center. Yep. And I've been really happy with it. I very rarely play games on it, but it's been like my Apple TV. And I, I don't think I've spent any money in, in iTunes since then. So. Apple TV is a terrible product, by the way. It's the worst thing they've put out in forever. It crashes all the time. It spools. It doesn't stream correctly. The remote is a disaster. Yeah. It's a terrible product. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, and yeah. the Xbox yeah. One is a great streaming box. It really is. I, I'm very happy with it. More so than it's funny. I have both I've actually. I have Apple be. TV, and I, yeah. I've used my my Xbox. We used to stream from as well. Um, I, I can't say it's a terrible product. It definitely is is flawed, and I think that you're absolutely right. The remote is is atrocious to be able to use. I don't know if I would go as far as Apple um, having that many. Pro I think that they've they've made many missteps. I think that they need to to get back onto the right track. I don't fear that they won't if people speak up. I think that the problem is is when 
a company like, and I'm happy that that's why I'm happy we can have this discussion is because when a company puts out a product that is subpar, I don't think that it does anyone any good to be able to say this is great just because it's a company that people like. I, I think that you're doing a disservice to everything. I think that, you know, I really don't like the pro. I think that the pro was sad to make. I don't love the Apple TV, but I use it and it's not horrifically bad. Um, now that it has Siri, I think it's, it's much, uh, it's integration with that is not too bad. Um, but I think that they do, they need to take a look at what people actually want. And I think that if you are too strong, strong handed with what you try to push upon people by saying, this is what you really want, it makes people upset. And then if you're wrong, people are really angry and then lose trust with you. And no company, especially a company that has such great user trust as Apple, ever wants to be able to lose that because it's very hard to get it back. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Very well said. Uh, we should go ahead and move on now. Um, Apple is not doomed. They've just got a lot of work to do. Uh, so uh, the, the this was really cool. Um, the Daily Beast uh, <laughs> published an article about Brie and I love this and, and I'm sorry Steve but you're, you're just going to have to to bleep this out if it needs to be. <laughs> Gamergate's new army of bad bitches. So I want to read this <laughs> quote um, that I thought was fantastic and then we should break into this article and talk about it. What if Gamergate or Russia's bull-cutted basement brigade working to please dear leader or self-identified deplorables in spamming women with abuse unwittingly built an army of battle-tested bad bitches tougher than any <laughs> week of bad press than any town hall nut jobs afraid of nothing <laughs> hell hath no fury like a woman trolled yeah. oh, oh my gosh I love that. that's a great line so good is that gonna be yeah. is that gonna be your tagline it should be i mean <laughs> no well it's written. it's aaron is one of my very favorite writers and it is like when she called me to do a piece i was just so thrilled because she's such a talented writer and it just comes through in this piece but uh yeah i loved it and you know we we talked about a lot of things in the article part of it is how i'm really running my campaign like a startup mm-hmm. uh you know i didn't ask anyone for permission i didn't follow the system i'm just like going yep i'm running and, you know, uh, breaking the system as I'm going. So, uh, you know, that's that's fun. But, like, the thing that I love here, and it's so true, you know, when I was thinking about running for office, it's like everybody, one of the first things people say to me is like, oh, politics is so hard. It's so dirty. It's so such a terrible business, Brianna. How can you, how can you do that? I'm far too scared. And to me, I'm going, what are they going to do? Are they going to call me ugly? Oh no. Like, are they going to call me fat? Are they going to just make up stuff about me? Are they going to like, I mean, what can they do at this point? Cause there's very little that surprises me anymore. Well, you've, you've yeah. already been battle tested, right? right exactly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I just, I really, it's, and I, I want to touch on this with all of you because a message I really want to get out there to other women, you know, as I'm running my campaign, you know, everybody talks about politics. Like it's, um, you know, it's so hard. It's so terrible. I don't think we talk enough about how much fun it is because running for Congress is fun. You're out there and people write you all the time with the most heartfelt stories about how they need help. And you get to write them back and say, I hear you. 
I know that's important. I want to be there for you. That is so freaking empowering. It is fun to run into people and they have so much passion and respect for what you do. And it's really fun to meet someone. They'll go like, you know what? I'm going to write you a two, $300 check uh, <laughs> right, right after I get done because I like you. I like who you are. And it is so much fun. And I think if you don't enjoy your job, you're probably not going to be good at it. And I guess I really want that to be the message out there for women that are thinking about running. This Mm -hmm. is a fun job. And I really want to see more of a step up. Yeah. What what I thought was interesting is something that I actually, I I had no idea. Um, In the article, it talks about how, like, normally when people try to, to, you know, take steps into politics, they are shuffled into city roles first and then state roles before they're ever uh, on a a federal or on a national level. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Oh, Um, God. Yeah. I mean, so, so you know, has anyone tried to say, oh, no, why don't you try to do it this way first? And you're like, no, I'm bootstrapping this. Like, has that actually have, has someone, in, you know, encouraged that instead? Or, or did you did you just like, no, nope, I'm just going to skip all of that? <laughs> I, Mike, I'm going to be really straight with you and with the disruption listeners. Um, I supported Hillary Clinton in the primary. Uh, but and I, I liked Bernie Sanders and what he stood for. But I got to tell you guys, the, 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 the inertia and the stagnation and the pressure in the Democratic Party to keep the status quo, I sure understand that a lot better today than I did two months ago. Because, you know, the Democratic Party is in the business of looking out for the Democratic Party. And that means keeping the exact same leadership structure and not upsetting it. So, yeah, I... And, you know, Georgia, you, you've probably seen this, too. When you're a woman in a field, there are no shortage of organizations looking to take advantage of you. Um, one is, and I'm just going to call them out on the show, it's the profession, the, uh, the Professional Society of Women uh, here in the United States. And this is a, it's a scam. Like, they'll call you up and they'll say, oh, we just really love your work and we want to honor you. And then you find yourself on a 20-minute phone call and then they're like, yeah, and we want to sell you like a $500 plaque. And oh. you need to pay us $2,000 yeah, yeah. to put oh. your yeah. name. I, this is this yeah. is there because oh. there are so many women that are out there because we are beaten down yeah. and told we can't do it. And we want a system to to, like, fulfill our ambitions. And, you know, that's why I was very, very, very skeptical uh, when people were telling me to go out to these different organizations and, like, get in line there. And I just, you know, I don't need anyone's permission to run in my own party. So, uh, you know, like, we have almost no women serving in Congress here in Massachusetts. And I'm just not going to wait my turn between, you know, for 10 white dudes to retire. I just don't want to do that. So, yeah, that's how I feel. And, and awesome. if any, if anything's obvious over the last, like, week, and I know we're not going to get into anything, you know, that's been happening in the news, but it's like the thi- what the, whatever they're doing isn't working. So, you, you know, whatever, it, you know, if it, to lack of a better word, if it takes disrupting it, to just go and and shoot straight to the top and then you know start start going in like a wrecking ball. I think that's what we need right now. Because yeah, I do too. because the people who have been elected to Congress right now have clearly have, have no idea how to fight against what's going on. 
Yeah. And they, they, there needs to be some new blood in there that recognizes what a dire situation we're in and is willing to fight for the country and not just roll yeah. over and let, let horribleness and, happen. And call it like it is. Yeah. Um, Bree, what would you say to someone that's like, you know what, I really want to make a difference, but I don't feel like I can. Um, I, I don't, I'm not really well enough known. Um, what would you, what advice would you give to them if someone that wants to, but doesn't feel that they're empowered enough or don't know the steps to be able to become involved? George, that's such a great question because I get it 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. And this is what I would, and I do say this to people, like, the the things that happen to young girls, especially, and this, you know, Micah, this also happens to people of color. Uh, you know, the things that happen to you before you can even think straight are cruel. And it starts in really small ways in classrooms where, you know, men are called on, boys rather, are called on more by teachers to, you know, have the answer. And girls are kind of socially punished and they're not put towards engineering field. And that same thing happens to people of color. So there's this entire system there that just kind of very subtly pushes women to listen to these doubts in their head that they're not good enough and to just wait your turn and to just you know very, be very on top of everything because you've got to have all 10 things on the checklist before you can like apply for anything. And I would just say to you, it's all crap. It's all nonsense. Look at Donald Trump, the most wildly un- prepared, unqualified president our nation has ever had by miles. And, you know, do you think he spent a lot of time sitting around going, oh, I'm just not qualified for this. I'm not told have what it takes. You know, your male counterparts and, you know, the, your white counterparts don't have that fear in the same way. So, you know, if you look at the history of this country, if you look at what the founding fathers envisioned for it, you know, they didn't imagine this like politician class that like went to Ivy League schools and like was just kind of shunted into this leadership role. You know, they made terms in the House of Representatives only two years because they wanted to have fresh blood constantly coming through to respond to the whims of the moment. And then the Senate is the more stable body that's a counterpoint to that. So you know, reach inside yourself, find that strength, because I'm going to just tell you, like there are many people out there that, you know, they have experience that I don't with this, but I'm still going to go out there and do it. And I encourage you to do the same. How could we do a worse job than what's happening now? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's horrible. It's horrible. So, so yeah. Brie, like, so say that they say that they get the must, they muster up the strength to be able, you know, to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. What would be the next thing that they do? Like, well, how do you yeah. actually do it? Well, for me, I, I'm a deeply pragmatic person. And, you know, like the race I'm running in, it sounds really grandiose, but it's not if you break down the problem. Stephen Lynch had 30,000 people that voted for him in the last election. In the last off year, uh, election because you know Democrats don't show up so much in non-presidential years. It was a fraction of that. So you go, okay, how many votes do I have to have? Is it is it ten thousand? Is it fifteen thousand? I don't know. 
And then if you break down the problem more and you go, oh, this isn't even the election in an off year. This is the primary before an election in an off year where he's never had a challenger. So is that number of votes I need to get? Is it 3,000? Is it 4,000? Is it 10,000? It's not going to be that much. And like uh, as a user acquisition problem in the game (laughs) industry, it's completely doable to go get 10,000 people to come out and and vote for you. So for me, I thought super pragmatically, I did a lot of studying, and I picked a candidate that I would really juxtapose well with my strengths. I have a much higher national profile than Stephen Lynch. He's a very weak uh, Democrat, and I'm somebody that's known as a very strong progressive. He also has a terrible record on women's rights. There's a lot of contrast there. So what I would hope those people are hearing is a very strategic, well-thought-out place to go have a battle. So, you know, for anyone out there that's looking, I would say find a race that you can win with who you are. Right. Because for me, I have an ability to fundraise nationally in a way a lot of people don't. I have a profile nationally in a way people, a lot of people don't have relationships with journalists uh, that a lot of people don't. But for you, maybe you're closer, more closely tied to your community. You know, maybe you know people at Code Blue, you know, find whatever strengths you, you have, but run a pragmatic campaign because the fatal flaw of liberalism, the thing that we do that destroys us time and time again, is we make this mistake of thinking like, well, logic is going to save the day and people mm. are going to look at my position and they're going to believe in voting for me over this other congressman and I don't have to worry about raising money. It's just not the way the system works. So be very smart and very pragmatic about where you go to war. No, I, I, no, I, think, it, 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 I think that that's really helpful because I think that for a lot of people, they don't know. And then all you have to do then is just register that you're running. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of FEC requirements you have to do, and at some point I'll have to go through and get, I think it's uh, 1,000 signatures or something like that out there in District 8, which will, you know, be a couple of, uh, you know, like we'll go down to Fenway and, you know, do that and meet voters at the same time. So, yeah, there's there's legal stuff you've got to do, and you need to look in your own jurisdiction. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, you can do this. You can do this. And this is why my campaign isn't going to be just about me. Like, we're going to very specifically look for other women here in Massachusetts to amplify along the way. And, you know, I want an entire avalanche of people of color and women to run in 2018 and just, like, completely redo the system. Because in the last I'll say about this, you know, this week, the Hyde Amendment, which completely puts a freeze on money for reproductive health care in the United States, became permanent. And our press didn't report it. And, you know, the men of the Democratic Party just kind of rolled around and didn't care and let it go through because it's not personal to them. And then you have four and five people in our Congress are men. And that has a consequence for how much they care or understand these issues. So, you know, we've just got to get better representation. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure that there are people out there wondering uh, how, how do I go about it and also needing to to hear, <laughs> hear from someone like, hey, you can do it. You, yeah. you can do it. You and can do it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, 
And you know what else you can do? You can run away from zombies, folks. We all know that running helps you get fit. But we also know that running... You can run for Congress or you can run for zombies. That segue, though. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. So running can be really boring for some people like me. And not so boring for some people like Bree. Well, the (laughs) Zombies Run virtual race makes running fun no matter who you are. Wherever you are in the world, you can head out to run 5 or 10K with your headphones in. As you run, the app immerses you in a thrilling audio story that's specifically designed to match the distance you're running. You're going to hear zombies close on your heels. You'll rescue survivors from a train trapped in the channel tunnel. You're going to run further and faster than you ever thought you could because you're running from zombies. Because with the Zombies Run virtual race, you're not just running around the park, you're literally running to save lives. Well, figuratively. Your your entry gets you a thrilling audio adventure series that takes you from the start of your training right to the end of your race. It's a virtual race with real-life benefits. You can also get a pro-spec technical running tee, a finisher's medal, and a bunch of other awesome gear. So how do you go about getting all those awesome things? Well, it starts from just $35, way cheaper and way more fun than a gym membership, which you've probably canceled because January's just about over. <laughs> Visit zombiesvirtualrace.com and use the coupon code disruption to get $5 off your first entry. Run away from those zombies, save some folks. That sounds awesome. I have an awesome playlist that I do for Zombies Run, and I'm going to send that to Steve, and we're going to include that in the show notes because there's a really awesome set of tracks I do when I'm out there playing this game. And I I swear on a stack of Bibles, I play this game. I love this game. There's a Pavlovian, like, raise the gates. And it's like, when you hear it, because it's the the beginning of every episode, it just gets your adrenaline going. So completely play this game. It's awesome. Awesome. I I really, I just, I need to just do this. I really do. Um, Because I, I need to get out and like... I don't know, exercise. And this would probably, like I said in the the last episode, I feel like this would actually uh, save my brain from thinking about the fact that I'm doing such horrible things as running. Uh, So there is a digital board game. It is called Pokemon Duel, and it comes from the Pokemon Company. This is uh, a game that is, you know, trying to reach Pokemon Go status. Um, It's actually existed for a while, but it only just recently uh, got English language support. So uh, it was really funny, actually. Steve was the first person to alert me to the fact that this game exists. And immediately I was like, oh my goodness! You know, the Pokemon Go was this huge craze, especially in um, people like wanting to learn more about the game and that kind of thing. So I thought this was going to take off in terms of kind of teaching people how to play it and, you know, talking about tips and tricks. It didn't quite as much, but it yeah. actually sounds pretty exciting. It's it's, it reminds me a little bit of like chess, but you're playing with Pokemon and it's more fun. Steve, you yeah. can tell me what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, it, it's a board game where you basically get like collectible figures. I guess there was a Pokemon figure board game uh, at some point along the, along the way. 
that um, where you you basically you open boosters and you get Pokemon that have different abilities and the the idea is you want to move one of your Pokemon over to the opponent's goal space. So you're kind of blocking and you're trying to maneuver your Pokemon to get over to the goal and not let the other team get over to your goal. And when the two Pokemon meet each other in the middle, then they have a battle. And the way they have a battle is they have like this roulette wheel that has different attacks on it and whoever has the higher attack wins and then knocks out the other pokemon or sometimes some of them are special abilities that will uh like dodge or they'll they'll poison the other pokemon or something like that so there's a lot of trying to get the right mix of pokemon so you have some that are defensive that can hold down your spawn points and some that can go on the attack and get the other pokemon out of the way I found that it really kind of scratched my my strategy itch. Um, I could see as much Whoa. as I've been able to play. Um, it, it's been it's actually been really interesting to me. Uh, the problem is that first of all, the servers have had trouble staying up because it's a Pokemon game on iOS, and uh, the app itself <laughs> is not like the UI is pretty terrible. So it's. And there are free-to-play mechanics that are fairly generous, but they're also, like, pretty uh, pretty much on, like, the high end of the of the free-to-play spectrum. Like, they, the, the Pokemon company also put out Pokemon Shuffle, and that was, like, the same thing, where it was, like, you got five hearts, and each one took, like, half an hour to, to regenerate, like they did. Like, and Candy Crush is, what, like, ten minutes? So... Uh, you know, it, it's kind of the way that they do Pokemon games when the Pokemon company does it. Um, it seems like it didn't really take off just because there wasn't a lot of press around it. And it is pretty hard to get into at first, um, especially if you're overcoming the UI. Um, so I don't know if it's really going to take off like Pokemon Go. But I think that if you're if this sounds interesting to you at all, it's, it's free. You may as well check it out. You know, it sounds kind of like Pokemon football. Um, A little bit. Like, in the battle in the middle, is there any strategy besides the Pokemon that you use? Um, yeah, there, there are, like, abilities, like, items that you can invoke to, like, increase your odds. You can improve your Pokemon by taking some of the figures you're not going to use and, like, merging them into your other Pokemon to level them up and change their abilities. So there's a lot of kind of fiddliness. Um, you can go—I think you could probably go pretty deep down a rat hole. I don't know how easy it's going to be to just, like— jump in and not get down that rat hole though because it's it, it the tutorial's not great and i've i'm only at an advantage because i've played games like this before so it kind of made sense to me but i could imagine the tutorial could be pretty overwhelming if you're not prepared for it if you're if you're expecting something like pokemon go you're definitely going to be in for a shock i think Bree, didn't you say you yeah. didn't like the tutorial this game sucks <laughs> oh this game <laughs> Woo. this game sucks it's horrible, Steve. Like, okay, so you know, Final Fantasy is a series. I love it so much, but they've been so bad about cheap iOS cash-ins, and just this is just as bad as their last two horrible, horrible cash-in games. It's got every single bad IAP mechanic you can oh, yeah, imagine. Sure like, like the UI is like Microsoft threw up. <laughs> Like in, the, oh. in, in oh. like it's that bad. Throw down. It's like let's see how many stupid buttons and bad mechanics we can throw Whoa. into the screen. It's not. It doesn't even use the Pokemon license in an interesting way. Because like if you see Pokemon, 
you want to see Pokemon battling. This is just like pieces of 3D models of Pokemon. They're moving around the board. Save yourself, Steve. There Save are good yourself. Pokemon games out there. I know you've got Pokemon Sun Moon, and you have not played it enough. <laughs> and like, like, argh, how can you have a good Pokemon game in your house? It's like you've got a, a, a leg of lamb in your fridge, and it's beautiful. And you're sitting there eating crappy ramen. This is actually you, you actually just described my refrigerator. So you've got you've got a leg of lamb in your refrigerator? No, I don't. No, I can't. Oh. No, because somebody would probably beat one of my kids would probably beat the others with it. But uh, <laughs> I see that that's the thing, right? Is that like I I completely acknowledge that most of the app is pretty terrible. I, but the thing is that. One of the things that I tend to do when I get into games like this is I'll start figuring out how to game the IAP mechanics. And the game is pretty generous um, once you figure out, like, what the little levers are where if you don't want to pay money. Like, I got 300 gems, which is enough for that $5, like, super booster to get myself an EX Mew, like, right off the bat, like, half an hour in. So, but the problem is that it's just, it's very confusing, probably on purpose to try to get you to spend more money. But, um, which is not great. And and again, they do the same thing with Pokemon Shuffle. And I've put way more hours into Pokemon Shuffle than I'd like to admit to. Georgia, Um, how do you save a friend when they're in an abusive (laughs) relationship? How do you do that? Like, I mean, there's a lot of justification. I found joy. You keep telling me I can't find joy in anything. I have found joy in this crappy free-to-play game. Let me have my joy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is true. I'm still unsure. Brie, about your feeling about this game. I think it sucks. Yeah, tell us how you really feel. Uh, it's I. Uh, I'll play it a bit more and see if it. See if there's some some fun there. Yeah. So I mean, okay. you, when you're first in the tutorial, it's pretty. It's pretty oh, bland. It's horrible. Oh, the tutorial's Ugh. really bad. It doesn't look great, uh, Steve. And I'm not. I'm not. Tr- I'm happy you find joy in it. She's not taking sides here. No, my- <laughs> I would never take sides, but the game doesn't yeah. look. Yeah. This is the kind of stupid game that appeals to me, though, because it's got. See, but I don't mind stupid games. I like stupid games. Remember when we played? What was that one with the French fries and the Denny's? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good with. Asteroids or something? Asteroids. Yes, asteroids. Quality. Yes. That sounds like a bad disease. Hashtroids. I don't. That just doesn't. That. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't judge that. your weekend, Micah Sargent. Come on. <laughs> don't. don't. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I'm. I'm curious. Have either of you uh, been banned from Pokemon uh, Moon or Sun for hacking and and being a cheating cheater? Because a lot of people were banned. I, I read. Yeah, because they were they were trying to transfer over Pokemon that they weren't supposed to transfer over that were uh, a, a, achieved through less than uh, pure and wholesome means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it doesn't exactly take a super genius to hack uh, Pokemon Go. Like you just need a 3ds and go look it up on Reddit and install the firmware, and like boom, done and done. Uh, it's not exactly hard to do to cheat in Pokemon Sun and Moon. But yeah, you know, there's this line in uh, you know Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein where he talks about like the value of a medal you didn't earn being nothing. And uh, yeah, like uh, I don't know why you would do that. Um, you know, so I have no fear about. 
about installing this update at all. I have traded some po- you know, perfect Pokemon and I've paid money to get those, but it's only like six of them that's a really high level babbling team. And, you know, I'm not the original trainer on there and I'm running a stock 3DS new. So, yeah, I have no worries about that. I'm, I'm completely legal, Micah Sargent. <laughs> and the FEC can look at my Pokemon deck and they're not going to find any irregularities. Good, mm-hmm. good. Uh, the the Society of Punch Card <laughs> Congress Lawyers is also going to look at that to make sure. But uh, I, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, anything else on Pokemon before we round well, up? I, I like oh, I like actually one of your tweets, Bree, that you uh, said that you legally agree to the uh, terms of the <laughs> Pokemon Duel. Yes. I have no <laughs> idea explain- what I can you explain yeah. that tweet for everyone? Yeah, like I'm like, okay, come on, I gotta play this for the show, and let's look. It's like you agree to these terms of service. It's all in. I think that's Chinese or Japanese. I'm not it's even probably sure. Probably Japanese. Probably Japanese. Steve, did yeah. you did you yeah. read that properly? Uh, yeah, and give informed oh, consent. Oh yeah, it's it's totally informed consent. I read that through very very carefully. I'm absolutely okay. yeah sure absolutely yeah. <laughs> As long as you have zero follow-up questions, I totally read it entirely top to bottom. You know, the the Google Translate app was just updated to allow you to use your camera to translate Japanese characters um, into English characters in its augmented reality lenses app. So you could technically have read it um, using that system. But you'd have to use someone else's phone, (laughs) right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't do it with your phone. while (laughs) Because you're using your phone to play it. (laughs) oh dear yes all of us just uh well except for maybe georgia dow all the rest of us just hit the yes i've totally read all those terms of service (laughs) Uh, georgia is georgia is to eula's like i am to to uh iot security so i i actually really try to read them i don't know what like you know yeah i i actually read them it's yeah, I, I just picture you like you have a Eula chair. You have this big, you know, overstuffed <laughs> leather chair. It's like a nice uh, mahogany color. You sit back in it. You've got your bubble pipe. You've got your Earl Grey tea, and you just like sip your tea while you read the printed out Eula. Um, and and you're just flipping through all the pages. And then finally, once it's done, you set everything down. You stand up out of your Eula chair. You lift up your phone and you hit accept. And you just breathe a sigh of relief because you know what you're accepting it's Back usually here, actually right? horrifying when you read them i i don't think that anyone if you if you actually read one i think that very you'll you'll feel much more cautious about hitting okay i've deleted whole games um when they they change like plants versus zombies i was like whoa what what is this i'm like i don't agree to this or this or this or, i'm <laughs> like okay i can't play this game <laughs> i go through the withdrawal of i can't play this game because I, like i don't know why you need to know um, you know, my waist size and you know, whatever <laughs> what? else they're asking for. Uh, I'm just imagining you screaming objection like Phoenix Wright when in the middle of reading one of these EULAs. I, I'd love to have some of our listeners that have read some or, or if you haven't, try one out and then just go like it's horrifying. Ugh, I, I I don't want I don't want to think about it. All right, why don't we why don't, why don't we why don't we talk about something else then, rather than scaring ourselves with Eulas? No more Eulas. Let's talk about a really cool initiative. So, 
Uh, long ago in 2010, uh, that does seem like so long ago, uh, the Bell Let's Talk campaign began. And up to this point, the Bell Let's Talk campaign, which is uh, promoting awareness of mental health and also trying to destigmatize mental health issues and things like that, they've raised $79 million. So. <laughs> Uh, as of 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern on Wednesday, or rather, sorry, on Thursday, there were 131,705,010 interactions on social media for the Bell Let's Talk campaign. Those are tweets, Instagram posts, and text messages on Bell mobile devices. So that is uh, the, the campaign basically is is trying to raise awareness of of mental health and also again uh, trying to kind of destigmatize that. So there were that many interactions all surrounding this campaign, and for every interaction, Bell contributes five cents to mental health initiatives. So this year they raised six million five hundred eighty five thousand two hundred fifty dollars and fifty cents toward this campaign. Uh, everybody from your wonderful Prime Minister Justin. Trudeau, to Ellen DeGeneres, to Ryan Reynolds, to many, many other people, obviously. There were 131 million interactions. Uh, we're all talking about this. And I think that's pretty doggone amazing. You know, let's let's talk about mental health and talk about, you know, how it's not this taboo thing that people have to bury and, and keep secret. Yeah, I think that it's a, a beautiful way um, you know, we talk a lot about how can you give back, how can large um, organizations give back, and you know, uh, you know, at first when you say, well, you know, it's like five five cents per tweet or per this, and how little that is, but you can see how you know, pretty much almost eighty million dollars has already been donated, and they're hoping to get to a hundred million before twenty twenty to be able to just destigmatize people that are dealing with mental illness, and that's so very helpful. We're, you know, all on this planet together. We all have different issues that we're dealing with. No one is perfect and how boring we would be if that were the case. And so this is something that's a really nice initiative. And on their website, they also have different ways that they can help. And they talk about the results of what they've done to that. And it's a, a really, really cool, nice thing that, and they are, they're also embracing with many different like they're with McGill Hospital and different places that they can help, and they want to make a stigma-free Canada. You know, Georgia, our uh, president here in the United States has, has frequently bragged about never having seen a therapist. And, you know, he's bragged about that quite a bit on, on Twitter. So I just, I hope that Donald Trump can see this and see that, you know, if he wants to get help or if he knows someone that needs some help, maybe a family member, you know, that there shouldn't be any shame in reaching out and, you know, getting, getting help on that. I just think that's very important. I am, you know, Canada, you are, you are the equivalent of that, that kid in class who could sing, who could paint f pictures, who could draw, who was so well liked by the teacher, who had 700,000 friends, who basically just was this flawless being of awesomeness that you 
adored and hated at the same time for just being so good whenever you were not doing as well. And Canada just keeps just keeps on keeping on with all the latest of the greatest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so can you can you just stop, please? <laughs> so so you're saying you hate us because I. <laughs> hate how much I love you, Georgia oh, Dow, like and all wow, of Canada. That was a good save. That was whoa, that. whoa! Ooh, you need to write him. some speeches for me, Micah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, this is what happens when you get a good Congress punch card lawyer. That that's that's what that's the exactly. output that you get. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> but I, honestly, I think this is really incredible. And what I love about it the most is how this is really. I mean. 131.7 million interactions that is mm-hmm. that's a, a you know a nation working together led their people in in all different parts of the leadership who are saying this is just as important as you know every normal citizen of, of Canada so I really love that uh, this is a top-down and like bottom-up initiative where everybody is is contributing and everybody is talking about this and it's not just you know it's a campaign that's that's getting so much attention because there's so much endorsement and the fact that you want to have a stigma-free campaign Canada. Again, doggone it. You just have to be so great. But I, I really I think that's incredible. And um, I think we we have some stuff to learn uh, from our neighbors to the north. And and just to say there was a lot of support in, you know, the UK and in Canada and people tweeting out as well. And um, a lot of uh, really famous people all over the world that were also, you know, retweeting it and, and you know, signal boosting that. So um you know, it wasn't only Canadians that were doing this and being able to to help out. So thank you to everyone that does that or just tries to, you know, help make, you know, everyone feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great that they're doing that. And, you know, if, if you know, we're not going to be decent people down here, at least Canada's, you know, picking up the slack. So I'll just pay attention to Canada. That's yeah. uh, all, all my, my news feed. It's just yeah. Canada. Um, I, yeah. I feel like I'm going to give you just a little bit of pushback there. You know, like there there's a real, you know, I went to the Women's March this weekend, which we didn't talk about there. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, look, I our government yeah. sucks right now. Our government sucks right now. I agree with that. But, you know, there is a heart of America that understands stuff like this is important that wants, you know, uh, you know, our healthcare system to cover mental health. And yeah, I just, I, I have to give you a little bit of pushback. Like I, I think the heart of America is the same as Canada's heart. I think just our political system has completely corrupted, uh, the outcome of that. And I think like, we just need good people to turn it over. So I have to give you a little bit of pushback. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I'm being a little bit snarky to, to be fair, but uh, you know, and it, it's it's clear that there's more of a majority up in Canada than you know than there is down here. Is all I'm saying, you know, yep. because there enough people voted to elect the government that we have. So oh. it's hard to um, keep perspective that there are a lot of good people who care about each other with what's That's why going all on. The marches that are happening are so important. It was right? so they amazing. They help mobilize people and let people know that we want something better and something different, which is really so awesome. Watching um, all of the feeds all over the world, people supporting was beautiful. Um, It must have been just an awesome thing to be there in person and get to see that and feel that. 
It was the most empowering thing I've ever seen in my life, Georgia. I just, I have to tell you, it was to be marching out there with, you know, close to a million pissed off women. Like, <laughs> yeah. I heard the word pussy were, more times that day than I've there heard were, in my there own were life. Women, yeah. Men, yeah. people yeah. with various disabilities, dogs, babies, uh, like, you know, like, it was, it was like, um, um, like one of the, I, I believe one of the largest marches in history. Yep. Yeah. It was in the amazing. States. I don't know if it was the largest march in the world, but I do think that it was a lar- one of the largest marches ever mm-hmm. in history, which is like, wow, that's definitely a show of, you know. Things are going to change. Things will change here. I really yeah. firmly believe that. Like that exactly yep. is. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen some some people who uh, you know historians and people uh, who study civil disobedience and things like that talk about how the the tide that is you know the the, the wave I guess is, is a better term for it that is happening right now is one that is not going to stop and it is going to result in change and this has all the marks of being an ongoing uh, march to to more progress and to uh, yeah to change and so I think that's that is is so awesome like it, yeah, there's a vibration that you can almost feel it, when you you see these you see these videos and you see these photos and you know you hear people uh making these speeches and oh goodness i the I, steve i'm going to share a link and for all the listeners out there uh there was an act there was an actor who uh gave a speech that i'm almost certain was um was you know improv it was just her speaking from her heart and i was just in tears by the end of it, it was so incredible um and so yeah definitely want to share that and it was just it was such a powerful from the heart speech and it was um about being a nasty woman and i <laughs> oh my god it was it was so good so yeah, yeah. i will uh, make sure that that gets in the show notes everybody out there who's listening you have got to click that link and listen to it it was just so good um no. Yeah, I, I suppose that rounds things out unless uh, anyone has any last words. Well, if you would like to get in touch and leave us your questions so we could have some for next time, here's how you can do that. You can call us at 508-418-3532. That's 508-418-3532. Tweet us at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me, or if you'd rather keep things private, send us a direct message. As always, please do let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. Please go review the show on iTunes. I I'm starting to troll the iTunes boards to look for your reviews so Georgia can read them live at the end of the show. Uh, And remember that you can just leave stars if you'd rather not leave a message. Five stars only. Uh, Go ahead and check our show notes out at relay.fm slash disruption or in the app you're listening to right now. If you're looking for me online for some reason, you can find me at Micah Sargent or at chihuahua.coffee. Steve, if people are looking for you... Where can they find you? Well, they can find me probably leveling up my subpar Pokemon, or you can find me. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Wicked Good. And Bree, the Honorable Bree Wu, where can people find you online? You can find me at anxiety-videos online, <laughs> where 
I will be discussing. Uh, you know, basically, if you have some problems, I, Brianna Wu, will will be telling you how to deal with anxiety uh, as your professional therapist. Also, you can go to Brianna Wu twenty eighteen. Uh, you know, if you want to support our campaign. It costs a ton of money to run for Congress. It's just the reality of it. Uh, and, you know, we are working right now to bring on, you know, more staff. And we're going to have a lot of balance. You know, we're definitely going to have people of color and, you know, people, LGBT people on our staff. And I want to give them good jobs. So, you know, if you want to support a political operation that's really going to make the difference we talk about on the show every week, go to BriannaWu2018.com. I've really um, loved watching your, your website. Uh, start to take shape, uh, checking in and, and seeing how it um, builds out. And now we've got um, uh, the start of policies and everything on here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go to BriannaWu2018.com. And last but certainly not least, the queen of the dash and the underscore Georgia Dow. If people are looking for you, where can they find you? You can, um, you know, find me and Bri uh, on anxiety-videos.com. <laughs> Um, and of course, one of my wonderful colleagues, Sandra, um, and you can also check me out on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. I have to tell you, Georgia, I don't think Sandra's really been pulling her weight on exactly <laughs> videos. I feel like I'm doing more work every week. You feel week like you're doing more week work than I, Sandra? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I think Sandra needs to hustle a little more is what Bree's trying yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have to have Sandra on at some point and you guys okay. can, uh, we'll hash it out. Yeah. Hash it out. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to renegotiate with that. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll have to tell her you were the silent partner. <laughs> silent? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that that yeah. can't be the case. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. All, that, all that's left is for Steve to say that thing he says every week. So, Steve, please do take it away, my friend. All right, go. Why are you, why are you still listening to us? Why do I have to keep telling you this? Go. Go. Mew is better than Guzzlord. Bye. Oh. 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 <laughs>